Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, located on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but ladies and gentlemen, they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of matter of when you're going to need that oil change in those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. Love to hear it, and it is a, it's an exciting day for us here at Miked Up. As Tyler yes, Warren sir. said, it's the best day of the week, um, but it also is the best day of the week because college football is back uh, officially tonight as we record, so we, we jumped on a, a, maybe a little bit earlier and maybe are a little bit excited. Uh, I am, at least, because week zero yeah. is great, but now it's, it's real. Like Notre Dame playing Navy in Dublin was fine, uh, but now you have actual football games on. Uh, that are like conference play. So I'm a little bit more excited about this week and tonight getting things kicked off with college football. Yeah, absolutely. I had a buddy message me in the middle of the day and was like, hey, uh, you watching these games tonight? And I was like, well, duh. Like, are you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I actually have the house free tonight. You know, wife and kid are out. Feel free to come over and watch the game. I said, I'll order pizza. See you there. Now, the only dispute I think we're going to have is he might have the Mizzou game on. And I'm like, eh. I don't really know about that. You know, Utah, Florida is a game that I've kind of got my eyes on. I do need to remember, please remind me when we get to the end of the show, to run to Kansas, make my bets, and then come back and grab the pizza. Because uh, I got a little parlay going, and I started off pretty hot last week, won myself a little 35 bucks. You know, love to see it. <laughs> Nothing big, but it was something. And then I immediately followed it up with two back-to-back losses on baseball parlays. That's stupid. Why would you bet baseball? Silly me. But I'm excited for tonight. I'm ready for this weekend. Uh, a full slate of college football games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I think we've got some games on Tuesday. And then next Thursday is the Chiefs opener for the season facing the Lions in Kansas City. That's going to be electric. And, I mean, we ha- we're not even really diving into the weekend's games because we still got to finish up our whole NFL previews here. And we got the NFC East and the AFC East up to bat. But before that, ton of news in the NFL and players being released Roster slimmed everything down. There's one cut day now in the NFL. Was there anything surprising to you, Melo, with the cuts over this week that really just kind of left you like, oh, my God, I can't believe they decided to move on from this guy? Not really. I think that everybody that was cut was not much of a surprise. I think the biggest surprise for me was that Jonathan Taylor wasn't traded. And even that, I think, like, social media was kind of blowing up. Like, oh, he's going to miss the first four games. I didn't think he was going to be traded. So it it really wasn't anything too shocking for me. It's cool to see some guys make the 53-man roster. And I I believe it was the Players Association that negotiated this in, that they didn't want uh, these, like, staggered cuts, that they just wanted one cut day. It is hectic. And it's it's probably Mm -hmm. not super great for the players because you have, I mean, a 1,000 players. They wake up Wednesday morning and they don't have a job anymore. Some of them get picked up. Uh, by other teams. I, you know what, thinking about it, the most surprising thing for me was the Patriots who cut uh, both their backup quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi yeah. and Malik Cunningham. They're like, nope, we're good yeah. with Mac Jones. And 
It was not too long ago when Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi were in like a quarterback competition, at least in the that media. Was like, uh, it that was week five last week, I believe. <laughs> it was just like, hey, Mac yeah. Jones just ain't getting it done right now. And I do right. think you know we'll get into it today, but I'm expecting a big season out of Mac Jones. A lot of that is credit to Bill O'Brien. I'll save it for him in a little bit. But you know, speaking of teams with a surprising cut, for me it was the Colts just leaving themselves with three receivers. And you're kind of sitting here like – Okay, your star running back wants out of the building. You're starting a rookie quarterback, and you have three receivers on roster. Like, oh, what are you doing, Mr. Ballard? You know, this was a guy who left Kansas City, goes to Indianapolis, gets dealt, uh, you know, a tough deck of cards with Andrew Luck deciding to retire the last preseason game right as you're getting ready to head into the season. you got a rebuilt offensive line. You're able to get Jonathan Taylor, you know, a couple years later, so it's like there is some promise. But now you're sitting in a spot where it's like no one knows what you're doing and your star player wants out of the building. You're trying to trade with Miami. Rumors come out that you and Miami are like laughable at the the trade talks because you're asking for a first rounder and a waddle. And it's like, okay, you don't want to pay this guy. You know what we talked about last week. It's like you don't want to pay him top dollar, but you want to trade for top mm-hmm. dollar. And it's like you can't have both. Yeah, but you, like think you should, you should know this. You should understand this. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just – expecting more out of Chris Ballard or want more out of it or maybe rooting for him because he came from the Chiefs. But, like, it's just clearly not working out in Indianapolis, whether it's his own doing or, you know, just bad luck with some of the players. But it's just clearly not working out right now. It it almost feels like the owner has a lot of say in it, too. Like, hey, this is what you have to go out and get. You have to get a first-round pick, and we want a star player with it. Or Mm -hmm. it it feels like it's more than Ballard, who – He's got to produce soon. Maybe not produce as a team, but he has to hit on Anthony Richardson or he's going to be jobless. Oh, after the for season. sure. Yeah, maybe not even after the season. I think that they will go a different route um, if he's not successful. But uh, we'll see. It's exciting now because preseason's over. I get super excited about it like everybody else, but it's when it's over, it's great because you know that the real things. I mean, the NFL a week away. College football has already kicked off, so now it's time for real football. And let's start with the NFC East, uh, where the Eagles were the winner last year, made it to the Super Bowl. I, I thought they were one of the best teams in the league, uh, obviously, because they made it to the Super Bowl. But outside of the Chiefs, I, I do think that they earned that spot and would have won the Super Bowl. Even when we look at all those teams in the AFC, the Bills, mm-hmm. we'll talk about them too, uh, the Bengals, all those teams. But the Eagles really burst on the scene last year. And I think that they're probably here to stay. Uh, I really like what they've built there. I have them winning this division again, which is sneaky good, I think. Yeah. And, you know, the Eagles, I was not a believer of them at all last season. You know, where everyone's like, man, this might be one of the best roster on paper in the NFL. I was like, I just, I don't see it. And some of it was just me not believing in Jalen Hurts and thinking he needed to develop more as a passer. Well, you know, here's the thing. When you got two stud receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith – you're going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to help your development as a quarterback. You're going to be able to throw the ball up to A.J. Brown. And it's like you just have to get in the vicinity of him and – or vicinity of him, excuse me. said that word incorrect as well. don't want Brooks jumping on me after the show and getting roasted in the DMs. But just more of the fact of you can just throw the ball up and let magic happen. That's what Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown did so much in Tennessee. And we got to see that last year as well with Jalen Hurts, and it just helps out. 
um, with his development. And, you know, looking at this roster, too, it's just like they just reloaded. You know, they didn't really – it doesn't feel like they really lost any key pieces. Yes, they lost some linebackers. They lost the safety. You know, your defensive line's getting older. But at the same time, it's like your offensive line's still intact. They're still really good. You still have really good receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith again. You have Dallas Goddard at tight end, and you're fine there. And then it's the fact of like, okay, hey, let's look at our, back, our backfield. It's Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. That is a pretty damn good one-two punch there, especially in this division. And when you spread it out and you look at the rest of it, it's like there's no other team that's set up to win like this. And so for me, in saying that, like the division MVP, I, I didn't want to just like continue to ride on the Eagles here just because like I kind of wanted to spread the love a little bit. So if there is another player in this division that I think could win the MVP, I do think it's going to be Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Just due to the fact of like last year was a stellar year, he did remain healthy. I know it was a contract year, but Brian Dable now has some well, weapons so this for year. his offense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true. And you, you know, your offensive line has more experience together as well. So I think you're going to be good there, and you get to carry into the offseason healthy and into this year. And I just think if there's a player in the league that we are expecting to be good, but he's going to reach a new level, I do think it very well could be Saquon Barkley and the opportunities he's going to get now that the Giants actually have weapons outside of just him on their offense. Yeah, and they've established that offensive line pretty well, too, where you've got mm-hmm. – um, I lost the train of thought. Uh, Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Uh, but yep. then also took Evan Neal last year or the year before yep. uh, to play at right tackle. And then you took one of my favorite players, too, in uh, John Michael Schmitz Jr., um, who's probably going to be their starting center. Like, they're really building some big guys up front, and it looks good. And then you add guys like Darren Waller. So I didn't have Saquon, but I do like the direction that the Giants are going in for the first time in forever. And even, like, re-signing <laughs> yeah. Daniel Jones feels okay to me, it's not something that I would have done, uh, but I can see it with Saquon. But I did pick the Eagles, and I do have Jalen Hurts as the division MVP. Uh, I'm eager to see what he can do in kind of this second year taking over and this being his team. Uh, he's getting paid a lot of money. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he does with that target on his back type year. And it mm-hmm. might be he goes and balls out and he's the MVP of the entire league. But I have him as the MVP um, offensively of this division. And you and I agree. I think there's only one real pick for the defensive player of the year in this yeah. division. And that's Micah Parsons, who is just maybe the best defensive player in all of football. And I am including Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, everybody. Like I think Micah Parsons, if the, if the Cowboys used him in the right way, he could be a 20-sack guy. And maybe this year is the year that terrible. he gets there. But, I mean, last year he had 13 and a half sacks, and you're still dropping this guy in coverage some, which <laughs> yeah. is great, and he, he's very dangerous all over the field. But I, I think he could really, truly be special if the Cowboys would just kind of get out of their own way. He's had 13 sacks in his first two seasons. I, I think that he's going to do it again. I, I think we're going to see 13, 15, maybe more sacks from him, and he's going to be my division in, uh, defensive player of the year for sure. But he's also, I mean, obviously – He's also a guy that you have to watch for for just the league defensive player of the year because he is that special. And I don't think we've seen the best of him quite yet. I mean, last year he was still kind of phasing into that pass rusher role. I think now he's a little bit more established, and I think that we can really see the best of him this year. Yeah, and, you know, I tried to look in the rest of this division as well. I was like, who's someone else that could step up and, like, 
Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, the edge rusher out of Oregon, now with the Giants last year, um, that came in as a rookie. And, you know, he didn't play awful, but, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where like, hey, like, there's some promise here with the Giants. They've been looking for an edge rush. They might have it right here in him. Um, and he's proven to be a leader on the defense as well. But, like, even looking at the Eagles, like, they're just – they're so good by with everyone they have on the defense. It's not like they're loaded by one player. Like you have a, a solid defensive line, you have your veterans, you have your guys in the secondary, you have Darius Slate corner right, and it's like I really wanted to go with uh, Jordan Davis, but I was like, ah, like I don't really know. Like him and Jalen Carter, one two punch mm-hmm. is going to be a little iffy. And Jalen Carter, speaking of, is actually the guy I went with for my rookie of this division. Because I think the only other option is the guy that you went with. But I think Jalen Carter ends up in a great situation, the best situation he could have ended up with coming out of, you know, Georgia with the news that happened with the car accident and everything like that. You have Big Brother there alongside you. You have other veterans um, on the defensive line and in the locker room for you. But that's about the only other rookie I could really find out of this division that I liked aside from the guy you got right here. Yeah, and I'm, I struggle with this division too. It, it, you know, breakout players, rookie of the year, everything. I am going with Jalen Hyatt uh, with the Giants. I think that when you look at their receiver room, um, it's not great. You, you have Darius Slayton back. You bring in Paris Campbell. Isaiah Hodgins is pretty good. I think that you can see Jalen Hyatt kind of emerge like he did at Tennessee as, hey, this guy's a good deep threat. And I think that Daniel Jones can get the ball in his hands early enough. It doesn't have to be that uh, drop seven step drop back and chuck it downfield deep but I, I think that he can get the ball deep to Jalen Hyatt and that's what he excelled at and at Tennessee and I, I think that he's going to come in ready to play where he can get some good yards and honestly I like Jan, Jalen Hyatt I didn't love anyone else in this division as for rookie of the year yeah. uh, I, I toyed around I thought maybe Deuce Vaughn but I don't know if he's going to get the number of carries to really be the rookie of the year in this division. Yeah. But I would love to see it. I will root for it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a realistic possibility for him to do that. And one other thing to mention with Jalen Hyatt, too, you know, is the fact that he's in an offense right now that is used to having this type of speed as a receiver. And some people might be looking at, like, Brian Dable being like, well, you know, like, Stephon Diggs and Buffalo, like, kind of makes sense. No, I'm talking about their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, who came from Kansas City, who was there in the prime years of Tyreek Hill, is a guy that I eventually want to get the head coaching job in Kansas City when Andy Reid decides to uh, hang up the Air Forces um, and, you know, call it a career. So for me, like Mike Kafka in this offense with Jalen Hyatt and the weapons that he has, especially with Darren Waller at tight end as well, I think this offense is going to be one to look out for and can be very enjoyable uh, to keep an eye on through the season too. So that's another reason why I think Jalen Hyatt and your pick there for rookie of this division is just absolutely spot on. Yeah. And coach of the year, uh, you went with Brian Dayball, and then I changed my answer to Brian Mm. Dayball. So I'll let you go first and say why you think Brian Dayball wins coach of the year in the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much kind of what I was just going off of right there is that, like, they have weapons on offense. Saquon Barkley's coming in. Great last year on a contract year. He's on a contract year again. You already noted the offensive line. We're expecting Daniel Jones to take another step, be a leader. He looks like he's he's just strong. He's He looks like a flipping stud, to be honest with you, as a starting quarterback in New York. He's handled the noise correctly. The defense, they've been building to it. It looks good. And I think when you just look at the Giants as a whole, three years ago, you're like, this team 
stinks. Like, they're just – it's not going to work out. You're taking a running back at what? The top three picks of the draft? Like, that's not how you build a winning team. And then the next year you take a quarterback at a Duke who just looks like Eli Manning, but it's kind of scrawny. And you're like, I just don't really see the direction of this team. And then you get a special teams coach who's making your – grown men run the field, run laps around the field like it's a high school team that's not listening to the huddle after practice. It's like, yeah, these guys just aren't going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen. Last year, year one of Brian Dable completely flipped everything. The guys are developing. They've given them time. Brian Dable knows what he's doing. He's surrounded by good coaching staff as well. And when you look at this division, yes, the Eagles are primed and ready to go. But then when you look at, like, the Washington Commanders, there's a lot of question marks there. You know, there's a lot of new faces there as well, especially at quarterback with Sam Howe being your starter. And then you look at Dallas, and if we have any Cowboys fans listening right now, I'm sorry, but, like, I think you guys are going to suck this year. And I think there's some hope there, but it's like I'm looking at the Cowboys, and it's like Dak Prescott coming out being like, I'm not throwing more than 11 or 12 interceptions this year. That is a recipe for disaster right there. You're going to probably throw 20 interceptions. And the fact that you went and traded for Trey Lance, I shouldn't even say you. Jerry Jones just went rogue and did that on his own. Didn't tell McCarthy. Didn't tell Dak. And they're like, what's going on here? They've lost their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. He's gone off to the Chargers. And now we're sitting here looking at Dallas being like, man, Dak's had kind of some inconsistent issues here. You lose Zeke. You're going to put everything on Pollard. And it's like, well, McCarthy loves to kind of use two running backs to his advantage. But he's got poor clock management skills, and that's never gotten better even in his early days in Green Bay. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for the Super Bowl if you're a Packers fan because it's not because of McCarthy. And now you're looking at it at Dallas where he's all alone. He's not a good leader as a coach. It's kind of iffy. And your second running back that you have with him, you know, trending to the loving to use two running backs, kind of. Your other one's a dude that's 5'5", and it has a great story because his dad's a scout in the front office. Like, outside of that, looking at Dallas, it's like, ah, oh, man, I just I don't know how well this team is going to go throughout the season because when things start to get rough, there's nobody there that's like, don't worry, guys. Like, I'll cap, you know, I'll lead the ship right here. It's like, no, y'all are going to sink quickly. So to me, that just And all that to for, say Brian Dayball is the head, the head coach of the All division. of that to say Brian Dayball is going to be the head coach of this division, and it's going to be the Giants and the Eagles competing for it. Yeah, I and I'm going with Dayball. I changed my answer to him because I had Nick Sirianni, and I like Sirianni. I think he's one of those guys that made like a good recovery from being kind of weird in that early interview process. Where everybody was making fun of him, and then, boom, takes the Eagles to uh, the Super Bowl. But I think that he just he would have to do so much to be the coach of the year again, and even in looking at it in this division. Like, the Eagles will probably win, but I think Brian Dable can kind of repeat and be that dude where the expectations still aren't super high for the Giants, and I think they're going to exceed that, where they can, there's going to be a 9, maybe a 10-win team this year. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think Brian Dable and what the Giants have going is special. The Eagles, I, they are probably the best roster on paper again, and – Probably were last year, too. The only difference is the best player in the league played for the other team that they played in the Super Bowl. So I, I like those two teams and what they're building. As far as the Cowboys go, like I can see it. There's, just, there's not a lot that's special mm-hmm. on this team right now. Like, oh, you brought in Brandon Cooks. Like, C.D. Lamb is, is pretty good, but he's never really taken that next step to be a top-tier receiver. Like, he might be a really good wide receiver, too. I, I don't know if he is a wide receiver one. And, and with Dak, I kind of supported him, too, through his contract stuff. And when people said don't pay him, he's got to take another step forward 
too. Like we need to see more growth from this offense. You've got the names, you've got the superstars. Now you need to make it productive, more productive, and, and defensively the same thing. You've got Diggs, you've got uh, Micah Parsons. You're just not winning as many games as you want, and it, it does feel like that locker room's not quite as strong this year. Like yeah. the Dak Prescott stuff and. Uh, you know, some of the fights during the off season felt like it was a little bit more personal than just this guy's giving me problems at practice. So I, I think we'll see what happens with the Cowboys and the Commanders. I don't know. Uh, it looked like Sam Howell was playing pretty good in some of the preseason games. I, I'd like to see him be good uh, just because I kind of root for those underdogs until they become the top dogs, and then I kick them to the curb. But that receiving <laughs> core is special. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's exactly who I am. I, I really like you when everybody hates you. Now everybody likes you, and I hate you. It's I like the scene you, from Wedding Crashers when he's talking about dating. That's me, yes. but with football players. I really like you, but now everybody likes you, so I don't like you that much anymore. And now everybody hates you, so I kind of like you again. That's me with, like, every player and just about every person that I've ever met. In my life, so uh, we'll see and what then happens. Come these like unrealistic expectations that maybe we can be something, and then we're not. And then once <laughs> yeah. everyone stops believing in us, I'm actually like, ah, look, maybe I can make it work. And then when people believe in us again, it's like, actually, like I'd prefer that it doesn't because um, those red flags are popping up again. And uh, speaking uh-huh. of red flags, another one for the Cowboys: uh, McCarthy is going to be your primary offensive play caller. Brian Schott- uh, Schottenheimer, excuse me for just absolutely botching your name there. Brian Schottenheimer is your offensive coordinator, and. I feel bad for this guy because he's going to get fired in the middle of the season, and I know it's not going to be his fault because this is what's going to happen. This Cowboys offense is probably going to be hot dog shit by week six, and then he's going to get the play calling dudes for about week seven to probably week 12 or 13. They're still going to be dog shit. They're going to fire him, and then McCarthy's going to take over play calling duties once again just so he can try and save his job because he's going to initially give them up because it's like, ah, it's hard to, you know, manage the clock and, and call the offense and do everything like this. It's the same thing you heard in his uh, lesser days of Green Bay. But, like, Brian Schottenheimer was there in New York from 05 all the way to 11 with the Jets, and then he went to St. Louis from 12 to 14, and then he was in Seattle after a four-year hiatus from 18 to 20. When you think back to all those years, none of those offenses were good, like, at all. And now we're yeah. sitting here like, hey, this guy's just going to be the offensive coordinator. It's like, no, this is a good guy to give the job to and then immediately fire him so I can save my own ass. Good job, McCarthy. But now let's get to a breakout player of this division here. Now that I'm done shitting on the Cowboys, maybe <laughs> I might come back around to it. But for me, my breakout player, I think it's going to be a Jahan Dotson. Uh, this is a, guy, a kid who kind of broke out last year, but it was kind of like those little spurts where it's like, hey, Jahan Dotson's actually kind of making some plays. Mm-hmm. This is a receiver at Penn State that people were pretty surprised that the, the Washington Commanders decided to take in the first round. Um, I believe they traded up to get him, and it was kind of like, ooh, like, what in the world? But he was good, especially when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were still there on the board. You know, We saw both of them pretty much become rookies of the year. But I think Dotson's opportunity to be a breakout splash player as well just due to the fact that everyone knows about Scary Terry, it's going to open up for him. And then another one, Paris Campbell, you know, a guy outside of Hyatt. Maybe he's taking the top off the, the defenses, you know, in their games. And Daniel Waller's gone, Barkley's gone, Paris Campbell, he's going to be able to eat. And that's a guy, you know, I was kind of looking forward to, another receiver out of Ohio State, who we were looking to maybe make some noise in Indianapolis, but he just couldn't stay healthy. And I know we believe in the saying, broke stays broke, but – if, big if here, he can stay healthy, it might be kind of one of those deals where like, there's the Paris Campbell we were waiting for in Indianapolis. The Giants are getting it. 
Paris Campbell was one of the most athletic receivers I've ever scouted. And I haven't been doing really? this for a crazy long amount of time, but his athletic ability coming out of Ohio State was top notch. And then, like you said, he just he couldn't stay healthy. I think it was his rookie year early on. He tore his ACL, and he, he just never really panned out. But that potential's unlimited for him. So we'll see what happens unlimited. with him. As far as breakout players, I didn't really have any. Like I could maybe <laughs> piggyback on like Jahan Dotson because yeah. I, I think that he could be good. But like looking at this division, I could I could name some players and be like, yeah, let's just put him in. Just there. throwing him out there know. to throw him out there. Yeah. Right, but I, I didn't really see any in this division that stood out to me as like guys that could break out. I do like Brian Robinson for the commanders, yep. the running Many back. Men. But it, it, do I like his story or do I like him as a player? I liked him coming out Thank in the draft. You. But am I rooting for his story or do I like actually think he could be a breakout player? He was a good player coming out. So I hope that he's good, but I feel like it's more me rooting for his story and his redemption. So a big fan of his. I hope he's great. I don't know that I would call him like a breakout player this year. And for me, like I was just I was looking at the commanders rush. Like it could be Sam Howe. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing him break out either, but there's not really anybody that I'm willing to like put my name on of like, hey, this is a guy that I think can break out and be special. Like I almost went with Deuce Vaughn again. Like I think that he can get carries. But do I like him or do I like his story? Yep. So it's it's tough in this division to really decipher what is it that I like. Um as far as storylines that we're looking for, I I'm looking at the Eagles again. I they kind of flew under the radar, pun intended. Now you're not. You have that target on your back. Are they going to be this dominating team again? Like, are we going to see this offensive line just maul people where Jalen Hurts gets every fourth down conversion? Like, I think they were running QB sneak on like fourth and four uh, at times, and it was yeah. working every single time. Like, are we going to see that same Eagles offense? And honestly, I, I kind of hope so because I liked it. I liked watching them. I am a big fan of. Jalen Hurts, like, I, I want to see it again, but how are you going to respond to being that Super Bowl team uh, when everybody's gunning for you this year? Uh, how's Jalen Hurts going to respond with another year with, you know, tape out on him? Hopefully well. I, I like what the Eagles have, but what's going to be their story at the end of the year? Are we going to have another dominating team? Are we going to have a team on the verge of uh, being in that top tier like the Bills and the Bengals? Or are they going to kind of fall apart like teams that we've seen, like the Falcons? The Falcons with Kyle Shanahan, uh, you thought they were going to be great. Like they had Matt Ryan and Julio, and everybody thought they were going to be set up for years. They weren't. They, just, they never recovered. So we'll see what happens with the Eagles. That's a team I'll be watching closely this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a great storyline for this division. The new one for me, or excuse me, the one for me is going to be who is the new face of Washington? Because there's a lot of them there. Sam Howe's your starting quarterback. Eric Bieniemy is your new offensive coordinator leaving Kansas City coming here. And you have a new ownership. Which one of these guys is going to get kind of the credit for the success of the season, if there is any? Because there is a lot of change here, and with a lot of change, it takes time. And with that as well, there's adversity. Is this team in a position where they can overcome the adversity with all these new faces in the organization that are taking a lead role? Because that can have an effect on the future from here. Is because, like, hey, look, we got all this change. This is great. Love it. Sweet. Things are looking forward. 
But when that adversity hits and fingers start getting pointed, who's the one that's ready to take the blame and then continue to lead through all of that? That's what I'm looking forward to in Washington because I'm rooting for them. This is one of these teams right now where it's like, hey, I would actually like to see them have success. I would like to see Eric Bieniemy make some noise and people are going like, okay, hey, wow, like maybe he did actually have an impact and help in Kansas City because – there's a there was a roller coaster of his time there where it's like why can he not get a job and it's like everybody hates Eric Bieniemy and it's like they love Eric Bieniemy the players have his back and it's like actually like maybe he's not doing really anything at all and it's just all Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes or janitors like giving Andy Reid plays <laughs> dude I love that by the way now I kind of wish I would have had a play ready when I met him at that restaurant in Indianapolis maybe that could have been a freaking touchdown you know what I mean it'd be like yeah. oh man this weird bald dude came up to me and shook his shook my hand and gave me a play and that's all i remember it's like ah uh, mm-hmm. that's yeah. me brother <laughs> it looks like he could have been my son like i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah. who he is um, that, awesome. that was interesting though and with washington i kind of have a hot take with washington i think they can be a good team i think they need a new coach and i like yeah. ron rivera i think they need some new life in there maybe somebody like i'm not a big fan of like the ooh, get the young sexy head coach hire I think they kind of need it. They need mm-hmm. that guy to come in and, and light a spark. I just I don't know if it's Ron Rivera. Maybe Land, I'm wrong. Landing spot that. for uh, John Harbaugh because apparently this is his last year in Michigan. Every year. <laughs> Every year since like his third year at Michigan. <laughs> no, even that. Like maybe John, John Harbaugh, I guess, because he has a lot of energy. But you just you need somebody to kind of rally the troops there. And it, that's assuming that Sam Howell can play at all. But like I yeah. think that they could be pretty decent. Their roster's not bad. Yeah. But we'll there's, see what happens. There's some with them. promise there for sure. But speaking of promise, let's go ahead and head to the AFC East because the promise on this division being good, uh, it seems like it's through the roof. There's three teams here that we're looking at like, man, these guys very well could end up in the Super Bowl. And then another team to so surprise of, of six years ago is the New England Patriots. Like, and we don't know what their real situation is going to be. But for me, picking the winner of this division, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills, mainly due to the fact that they have been in this Super Bowl window and been primed and developed and ready for a run against competitive teams in the AFC, and especially in their own division, for years now. And so that's why I'm going to take Buffalo. They're loaded. I shouldn't say loaded, but... You know, they have studs everywhere. They know who their leaders are. They're ready to rock and roll. But the other thing with that is, this is it. If you don't hit in this window, I think it's going to be a long time before we see Buffalo make another contention for the Super Bowl because you're probably going to have a fire sell because things are starting to get expensive. Yeah. And with Buffalo, I I like the Bills. I like that they rolled out, uh, like, the red helmets this year that they're going to wear. I like Josh Allen a lot. He's a good quarterback, and he seems like he's a pretty good dude. Like He's funny. This is their year where they, I think, are in trouble. Like I, I think that if they don't make it to a Super Bowl, if they don't perform well in an AFC championship game, then I think guys like McDermott start to be on the hot seat, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but then, like, how's Stephon Diggs going to handle it if they don't win big this year? Like, if you have another lost to the Bengals or the the Chiefs early in the playoffs because of seeding, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough for this team to handle and bounce back from because it just it doesn't feel like the losses are fueling them. And I say that as a guy who, again, I like the Buffalo Bills. But it well, feels I mean, like those losses, losses are weighing on them. I mean, how many losses can you have if to, until you run out of fuel? You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. the first one where it's – you're in the AFC Championship game, and it's Stefan Diggs there with the picture of all the confetti falling down on Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, redemption season for the Bills. I bought into it. 
You come in next year, really close game against Kansas City. They come out with a win. You're, you're walking off the field crying. You thought you had the game won with 13 seconds left on the clock. Your defense choked it away. Mm-hmm. You also lost a coin flip. That it, it stinks. And then last year was just an absolute collapse as an as an offense. Like they just they couldn't do anything. Stephon Diggs is yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. Conspiracy theory is that he got caught cheating on his girlfriend earlier in the week. She comes busting into the house, freaking out. It kind of distracts Josh Allen. He's not in the right mindset. Comes in, shits the bed in this game. Stephon Diggs is like, yo, what the hell is going on here? Screw you, Josh Allen. Give me the ball. Quit making mistakes. And Josh Allen's like, I'm trying, man, but she's gone. Well, that's what happens when you cheat, brother. She ain't going to stay around. <laughs> and so now you're sitting here looking into this year going, this is our last chance, boys. But here's the thing with the AFC. Yeah. Everybody's reloaded, especially in your division. Yeah, and I, right there, I'm going to keep it with uh, – their opponents here, the New York Jets. Like, I am buying in. I, I think that they can be pretty special. Adding Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm not a Rodgers guy. I'm still not a Rodgers guy. What? Still not. I, I've liked what I've seen on Hard Knocks, so I've came around on him. It sound, that sounds like I, that's the same tone of when you're trying to say you love somebody, but you can't get the words out. You're like, nah, I've never done this before. Like, nah, I love <laughs> I don't like on Step Brothers when they try to hug at the end, and they're like, <laughs> we don't really know how to do this. I don't know how to say that I like Aaron Rodgers because I'm not a full supporter. I think he's probably still an arrogant douchebag. But you know, maybe Did you watch his last episode cool. of Hard Knocks? Yeah, where he's yelling at the no name football yeah, player. Yeah, he's like, time. I just hit him with the the comeback that you can't have a comeback to. He's like, I don't even know who you are, bro. If someone hit me with that, it would be like, damn. Like, I can't say uh-huh. – he tried to be like, who are you? And it's like, bullshit, you know who I am. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're freaking Aaron Rodgers. Can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a comeback for that. Not on the field. Like, no. in real life, like, you can't really Punch just say that to a joke. guy <laughs> at a bar. It's like, I don't even know who you are. Well, yeah, of course you probably don't know who I am. But to, for Aaron Rodgers, man, I don't know who you are. Like, stop talking shit to me and for him to try to come back and be like, I don't even know who you are <laughs> well then you don't know football young man Google me, bitch. I did yeah, like, I can't spell your name right yeah R-O-G-E-R-S there's <laughs> nothing there's no Aaron Rodgers uh, I'm going with the Jets though I, I think that there's new life there the roster was good and like Robert Sala was good last year without Aaron Rodgers I mean they were rolling out Mike White and a bad Zach Wilson, and they were mm-hmm. still winning games. So I, since I've been podcasting, I think the Jets have been bad. I think they can be good this year. I think they can win this division, and part of it is because Aaron Rodgers. I have him as the division MVP. Uh, I, w- I was kind of out on him. I was very out on him uh, after his last <laughs> season in Green Bay. Uh, he was not yeah. good at football. It felt like he didn't so, want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so now, the peak behind the curtain with Hard Knocks, it feels like he has new life. And if he does, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And mm-hmm. like I said, that roster is solid up and down. Like you're getting the best out of like guys like Mackay Becton now. The draft class that they had last year is phenomenal. And they're, just, they're finally starting to hit on things. So I, I have the Jets winning this division, and I have Aaron Rodgers as the MVP of it. Yep, and for me, I had the Bills winning it, so I have Josh Allen as my MVP. Again, though, like this, it, it feels like this is truly your last window to to make a true contention for the Super Bowl before things get more iffy, and you're kind of sitting there going, like, "Well, who's going to be the next 
got to catch the ball from Josh Allen because it doesn't look like or seem like it's going to be Stephon Diggs. But next up for me, my division defensive player of the year. Again, this was a division where I kind of looked around and I was like, I just don't really know if there's anyone else that I trust more outside of this player. And it's just Sauce Gardner. Like the dude was a stud last year as a rookie. He's got a good head on his shoulders, you know. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when the first episode of Hard Knocks came on. Is like, this guy has every reason to be the cockiest player in the National Football League. I mean, you're getting defensive player of the year as a rookie, and you're a shutdown corner on the island with the Jets. The last guy to do that was Darrell Rivas, who just went into the Hall of Fame. And you actually seem like you're just a humble guy who's just really good at football and has the right size and speed and strength and capabilities to play corner in the National mm-hmm. Football League. For me, it's like, boom, that sets you up to be defensive player of the year. And, again, looking at this division, it's just kind of like, I don't know if there's really anyone else that separates themselves just like Sauce Gardner does. Yeah, and I have him too just because there's not a better answer than Sauce Gardner. And I I don't understand how he can be so humble after the rookie year that he had. Like, being drafted so high, fourth overall as a corner, going to a huge city – Big market. Uh, he's a all-pro corner, defensive rookie of the year, pro bowler. All the reasons to be incredibly cocky, and he's not. And that's it's easy to root for guys like that. I know that really doesn't make a difference on the field because you can be a complete douchebag and be really good at football. But Sauce yeah. Gardner just feels like he's different, and not, that length at corner is just ridiculous. He's six three. He plays bigger than he's than six three. Like the reach yeah. is just ridiculous on him. So I Big think he can. We, we might be talking about him in the as the best corner in the football in the National Football League at the end of the season. Like, are we already? Is he the best corner? He's got to be up I there. Think like Jalen Ramsey, who sure. I think we've seen his time. Yeah. I think he's going to be the best yep. corner in the league after this year. After his second year in the NFL, I think Sauce Gardner will be. And I don't think that's very hot takey either um as far as like rookies of the year this year like who's going to repeat i didn't i didn't love a lot of the rookies you saw a lot of offensive linemen get drafted in this division uh you saw teams like the dolphins not have any picks uh we haven't really talked about them yet but i'm going with dalton kincaid the tight end for the bills josh allen needs another target like dawson knox has been solid gabe davis has been okay i think he needs somebody that's actually special I think Josh Allen has been making those players look good, mm-hmm. not them being good with Josh Allen. So Absolutely. I'm going with Dalton Kincaid. I think that he can be utilized a lot. He's not yet traditional tight end. And that I think a lot of us are still kind of wrapping our minds around that, oh, tight ends are these big guys who play on the end of the line and they block a lot. That's not really the case anymore. Like This is more of a Travis Kelsey-type breed tight end where he's going to play in the slot. He's going to see a lot of targets, and you're going to get him involved on the offense. Like This is a big receiver that doesn't play on the outside. I know we're going to label him as a tight end, but I think that he can get involved early on on this offense. And the lack of other star rookies in this division makes Dalton Kincaid my rookie of the year. And for me, I went with a defensive player. I went with Christian Gonzalez, uh, the corner out of Oregon for the New England Patriots, mainly just due to the fact that when I looked at Christian Gonzalez and you see where he ends up, to me it seems just like a perfect destination. And it also just seems like such a New England Patriots type of guy, a corner who can do it all, who's not scared to hit, 
as a leader, and that's what New England has been looking for. You know, this is a team that got old pretty quickly, and then with Tom Brady leaving, you're kind of sitting here looking at it going like, all right, hey, like, who else do we got around here that can kind of make a difference? Now you're, you know, you're re-energizing this team, you're in you know, a new era of it essentially with New England, and you're looking at Christian Gonzalez of, let's go make some plays. And the thing is, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to do that in this division especially. I'm not saying, like, lead the league in interceptions, but, like, pass breakups, like, you're probably going to get attacked a lot, especially from Aaron Rodgers, especially from Josh Allen. You know, Mike McDaniel is right there in Miami. Him and Tua, they're going to be coming after you. So it's really one of these situations with Christian Gonzalez is you're going to get the opportunity to prove yourself or you're going to get ate up in this division. And I'm thinking it's going to be the first one there where it's like he's going to prove himself. And Bill Belichick's going to be looking at him like, okay, I'm building, I'm rebuilding my type of defense that I want here. Bill O'Brien, you focus on the offense, make it happen, and we'll just kind of ride this train from here. But for me, I went with Christian Gonzalez as my rookie of the division. And then when I look at the coach, we've pretty much just been kind of <laughs> talking about the Jets the whole time, but like deservedly so. And Sala is the, the going to be the coach of the division if there's any bit of success for the Jets making the playoff, being a top seed, making it to the AFC Championship game. Robert Sala is going to get coach of the year. I mean, it's a solid defense, two years of him being there, and you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. There's no reason for Robert Sala to not be coach of this division. Yeah, and he's my coach of the year, too, for this division. I, I He did a bang-up job last year, like I said earlier. He did it without great quarterback play. At a minimum, he's going to get good quarterback play, above-average quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers. Like Even if he's dog shit and he has nothing left in his arm, he can make the checks at the line of scrimmage. He can get players in position to be successful. Uh, he can find protection on the offensive line. So I, I think Robert Sala is going to run into some wins this year, and I, I picked him to win the division earlier. I think they can be pretty special. And one of those reasons is because who I have is my breakout player, players, uh, Brees Hall, who has been one of my breakout players since uh, like 2017. Yeah. Uh, I've loved Brees Hall Big fan. for forever. And uh, he's not going to play a full season, I don't think. But when he comes back and he's healthy, he's going to be special. And I think that he is the do-it-all running back. I know a lot of people are excited about Dalvin Cook. There's a reason these guys don't get signed until August. So, like, Dalvin Cook, have fun these first couple weeks of the season. But I think this is Brees Hall, and he's going to get his opportunity to play and kind of be that bell cow running back, that, that running back one. And he catches the ball so well out of the backfield, too, that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to get the ball in his hands. And uh, I think it's going to be Brees Hall is kind of our breakout, like, whoa, this guy is special because he was already having a special rookie season. Mm -hmm. And then, like, also Garrett Wilson. We haven't talked to any about him, but I know we both love him and also mm -hmm. it's like from hard knocks yeah i think and he's going to establish himself as one of the best receivers in the league too he is about to have a big season i don't know if we can call it a breakout season which is why i didn't list him because he kind of already had it as a rookie he's getting a lot of attention from hard knocks but i am buying in completely on garrett wilson like he is He's going to be the dude he's going to be a pro bowler he's probably going to be all pro he got 83 balls last year from Zach Wilson. He's going to go for 100 catches, maybe 110 oh, yeah. this year with Aaron Rodgers. Like he's, he's about to have a big year. 
And I hope he gets the, you know, gets the ball in the end zone too. I hope he's not just one of those guys that tears it up from 20 to 20. And then you get in the red zone. It's like, well, you know, defense is focused on him. It's kind of hard to get him to the ball because he's undersized. I hope he's one of those guys that just makes magic happen after the catch and is a threat in the red zone. And he's probably going to be because you have Aaron Rodgers, who is just an absolute stud at throwing the back shoulder balls um, to his guys. We've seen it for years uh, with Devontae Adams as well in Green Bay, and now you know he's going to do it again here with Garrett Wilson in New York. But for me, my breakout player, um, it's going to be a Mr. Mac Jones with the New England Patriots. Maybe I'm just putting too much hope and belief and you know optimism into Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. But maybe Finally that's just because... Nice. <laughs> exactly, because last year you just... You were in a shit situation for Mac Jones, and it's a hard situation to win because... You come into the year, everyone's like, yeah, it looks like he took his nutrition more serious. You know, he's been in the playbook. He's good to go, ready to rock and roll. And then your offense is just being called by a defensive coordinator, and you're not in a position where you can be like, yeah, There's no one around that. him. I'm making my own calls, and with absolutely nobody around you. You come into this year, you've added Mike Gusecki at tight end. You have Hunter Henry at tight end. If they can stay healthy, I think that could be enjoyable to watch. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be a weapon across the middle of the field. Nothing, you know, bus-breaking or you're electric. We're like, oh, my God, Juju Smith-Schuster is just the difference in this offense. But it's just enough to where it's like Bill O'Brien can make it work, and he can set guys up and put them in position to make things happen. And I think that's just going to be electric and, and very, very good for Mac Jones where he can just play quarterback and he can get the ball into his playmaker's hands and let them go from there. So for me, my breakout player is Mac Jones in this division. You look at the Dolphins and it's like, ah, I just there's not really anyone that pops out as a breakout player because every player on the team pretty much feels like a stud already, like especially Waddle. You know, I kind of want to throw him in there. You can't really do it. Tua, you can't really call him a breakout player. It's for me, it's Tua's like Tua needs to make things happen right now. Did I say Juju New York? Mm. Dadgummit, I meant New England. Thank you guys in the chat for roasting me, but also <laughs> notifying me of it. Absolutely love you, boys. But now it's just <laughs> getting to Miami and Tua. It's like, okay, hey, this is the year you have to prove it. And if you don't, the, the Dolphins are going to have to make a trade with the Cowboys and bring in Trey Lance, and you're just going to have to rock and roll with that and hope you can get them. Because if it doesn't work out it, there... It, the Cowboys might need him. <laughs> uh, maybe, because Dak can't stay healthy, so it's all a point. Maybe Jerry Jones knows what he's doing. Good for him. You know what I mean? But, like... Switching now into the biggest storyline of this division, for me it is which superior team is going to be the one that collapses. Because you have the Dolphins who yeah, are, just somebody has loaded, to be bad. are just loaded with talent. And like I said, can you all live up to it? Can you all make it happen? Are your egos going to get in the way? Can you work together enough to, to make some magic take place? With the Bills, like again, you know, I'm, I'm just beating this into the ground today. I know in this episode, but like, your your Super Bowl window's closing and it's it's closing by the minute here. And then when you look at the Jets, it's there's a lot of hope here for this team, especially because of Aaron Rodgers. My only concern is, and I don't want to wish this on anybody, and knock on wood, if he gets hurt, season's done for New York. I don't think they're looking at Zach Wilson like, yeah. All right, man, your turn, you're up. It's like shit. Like this is the most Jets thing to ever happen for bad luck. Is something happened to Aaron Rodgers just when you think things are on the upside, looking, looking up. And then for New England, it's all right. Like, there's literally zero expectations for you this year. Like, you are being overlooked. You talk about the Eagles flying underneath the radar last year. That is the Patriots this year, especially in this division of let's just kind of develop and get better. And if we win some big ball games, we win some big ball games. But other than that, like, let's just get through the year and continue mm-hmm. to develop, boys. 
the expectations have never been lower for the Patriots, which is kind of scary. Like, it's almost like the expectations at Alabama this year, right? They're ranked outside of the top five, so it's like, okay, congratulations. Everybody pissed off Nick Saban. It's the same with Belichick. Like, okay, now you've all pissed him off. Now he's going to draw up some crazy-ass defense that shuts everyone down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but, like, the, just the no expectations, the no pressure thing is crazy. So I, I could see them being good, and I can make a case for any team in this division. Like, the Jets, there's a lot of excitement in that room right now, but there, there's also a lot of urgency because I think these guys know, like, hey, we've got a year. We've got two years with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have to win now. Like, we have a lot of good young guys, but we also have to win now, and I think that urgency has been good for them. The Bills are definitely feeling some urgency with the way that their season has gone. And let's go like homers for a minute for our guy Tyler and the Miami Dolphins. That might be the best offense in the NFL, and I'm including the Kansas City Chiefs if they are all healthy. Because Mm -hmm. what Tua was doing before the concussions last year was amazing. We were talking about him as the MVP of the entire league. And if you can get Waddle and and Tyreek going, you can keep Tua upright. Like, I know that people like Ryan Clark have made jokes about like what he was doing in the off season. I like the fact the fact that he was doing like jujitsu, like train yourself to like strengthen your neck and keep your head mm-hmm. off the mat. And so like if he can come out and he can play and be healthy, Tua could be the MVP of the league. Mike McDaniel's a damn good coach too, yeah. and they've got enough dogs on defense too that I think they can they could be very good. They could be that surprise team this year like the Eagles were. Now, it, they all have to be healthy, but like, I think that they can do it. I think that offensive line, you've added some pieces that are pretty good, uh, bringing in Armstead to play left tackle now. Uh, those receivers just are unguardable uh, with Tyreek. I, I don't know how long Tyreek's going to play. I don't, I don't really care. I know he's there this year. He might still be the best receiver in the league. Yeah, He might be the second fastest receiver on his team. And then, you, you know, they added Bradley Chubb last year. To that defense, too. I think Javon Holland at safety is really special, too. Like, we might be sleeping on the Dolphins. Some of that is me being a homer for our guy. But also, there's a lot of truth to it as well. Like, this could be a damn good team. It all centers around Tua being healthy. Yeah. But if, big if, he is, this could be a a top-tier team in the AFC. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Tua, K-Dot mentions here in the chat, like he was doing jiu-jitsu in the offseason. He probably should have been doing, you know, being ballerina training because it's better for you outside of the sport. The footwork you can master doing ballerina as an athlete is priceless. So thank you, K-Dot, for the info. He's been going nuts in the chat today. Absolutely love to see it. But, like, Tua, take note of that. Go train to be a ballerina in the offseason. Your footwork, footwork can have it. I've... But jiu-jitsu, like, questionable. I think it might have been Edger and James that used to do, like, ballerina dance. There was a top running back in the early 2000s that did it, and it was all because of footwork and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, that. So that's it for our uh, NFL preview. We are, we are done with it. It feels good. It, it feels good to be able to watch some football tonight. We, you know what? You and I had our fantasy football draft over the weekend, though. Front row, How baby. are you What's feeling up? about your team? Oh, dog <laughs> we shit. had a Absolute great time. Dog shit. <laughs> I looked at it the next morning and was like, what the <laughs> fuck was I doing? 
just taking shots <laughs> with the boys. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, it we have a lot really, of rules. I'm trying to go look at my draft. team right now because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember like who I went after. Oh, uh, I got home that night and my fiance like asked me about who I drafted. I thought she was going to ask me, like, did you have fun? And she wanted to know about who I drafted and all this stuff. And I Getting couldn't the remember. important stuff. Yeah, like, I was like, I think I got Christian ah. McCaffrey. Do you know what? Or I might have drafted this. Justin Jefferson. Like, I just I couldn't remember <laughs> who it was. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to look up my team and see who I drafted. And I start listing off, like, my guys and – um, I, I got Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, AJ Brown. I'm like, then I took Joe Burrow, and she's like, "Isn't Joe Burrow hurt?" I'm like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yo, Joe Burrow might back, be he's hurt. Back, and, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, the front row boys at the fantasy draft had a good time, and also shout out to our buddy Zach, who was yeah. the third of our our front row boys, who which I thought we, was just. Rocked. I thought he just like the shots he'd been taking had just killed him. Like he it was sleep in the middle of us. Nah, dude, just a straight up food coma. Like, oh man, I eat too much. I'm full. It's like, brother, I ain't ate enough. I know I just he got here. At one point, he got up early, early on. Like we were maybe thirty minutes, forty five minutes into it, and he was like, "Hey, let me get your trash. I'll, I'll throw it away for you." And I think I had like three beers. And three or four little shooters already okay, in yeah. me. So I mean, if that's any indication of how our our night went, but, but it, let's it was a remember good time. though, the draft. Let's remember that was your second load of trash that went to the dumpster that Zach happened to pick up. That wasn't like just oh, that's the only <laughs> thing you had had. That was your that was your uh-huh. second load to the trash, my guy. Yeah, yeah. I got dropped off. I did not have to drive anywhere that night, so I knew what I was doing. And it was a little it was a smokies good were a hit for once sure. again. And that bar, that you, oh my god, yeah. man, that thing slap! You just got to start making those. Like I'm about to just start ordering them from you. Like, hey, order little Smokies, thank you. <laughs> like, make them myself. No, nah, they're know, not gonna have that touch of mellow. Because we, <laughs> it's my secret sauce, buddy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody like always kind of pokes fun because we do like a potluck for our fantasy draft, and I bring the same thing every year. Mm-hmm. It's little Smokies, and like people will bring some like crazy elaborate stuff like they'll really go out of their way like again our buddy zach brought homemade ice cream oh to our so good draft. though yeah so good there's all but there's always food left over except mm. for the little smokies it's the They're perfect like super bowl uh fancy draft food and, and that's my a, that's my specialty here's another one here's my specialty which because i'm not cooking nothing I'm stopping by Chick-fil-A, uh-huh. baby. I'm picking up 60 nuggets, <laughs> and I'm on my way out the door. And let me tell you, you think 60 nuggets from Chick-fil-A might take them a little bit? False. Same amount of time as if you just ordered a chicken sandwich and fries and went through the drive-thru. They waste no time. Now, uh-huh. as impressive as that is, it's kind of disturbing, but at the same time, I trust them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Look at like, my fantasy if I'm going to trust though, anybody. Oh, it's Chick-fil-A for sure. Looking at my mm-hmm. fantasy team, I'm actually I'm not upset with it. Like, I got Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, then I went Eckler, ETN, Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Schultz, Rashad White, Michael Thomas. We didn't do defensive cookers, thank God. But then on my bench, this is kind of where yeah. the shot started kicking in because I went Sky Moore, Justin Ross, and we have a rule as if you pick a flavor, a flavor, a player <laughs> off your favorite team, you got to take a shot. So there was two. You, took, shot. you drafted a guy that barely made the 50 team in roster. <laughs> 
I did not. Rem- I don't remember that at all. What and were then you I doing got with your last four picks? <laughs> trashed. Just try at that like that's when you know like he decided to he decided like I mean one point hey, I poke fun at you points. but I drafted uh, Quentin Johnston a rookie who's the third receiver on his team like second receiver at best I drafted him uh, Hunter Renfro I drafted him we'll see what happens I I kind of like that pick like yeah. sneaky <laughs> like that pick uh, Cole commit who's just like a big tight end with the Bears that I like. And then my favorite pick that I do not remember making is I drafted Roshan Johnson, who is just a player at Texas that uh, I love. You, no, I, should I have drafted him? Pick? No, absolutely not. You not said, at Roshan all. Johnson, give pick. me a shot. That's a homer pick. <laughs> and then Matt's like, I got her. It was our guy Rob just threw the shot. But, yeah, it was like you made the pick to take the shot. Is pretty much what it was. One of these days, we need to just live stream. Our fantasy draft. It would be so chaotic. I do say, though, if you sit in the back row, I'd have, I'd have to put it behind shot. a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what got us this year, too, is uh, making up rules as we went. It's like, oh, you spelled a player's name wrong. <laughs> Got to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our guy, Matt, who just prides himself on being so quick on Excel. And I was like, man, you're making a lot of mistakes here, Bob. <laughs> we got to speed this up. But I know he's going to be like, why don't you do it next year? It's like, because I don't want to. <laughs> like, I know I'm not sucks. that fast. It does. Yeah, I help like, him run it. And it does. It sucks. Because and some people fly through their picks. Yeah. Some people, like, you either take five minutes and you're like, wait, whose pick is it? Oh, you're still drafting? Or you get three in a row. Just bang, bang, bang. And yep. we're trying to delete them off of a spreadsheet and get them on the right team and stuff. It's, it's a lot at times. Uh, but that's it for us today. We're going to get out of here so we can start watching some football. Ourselves. Very excited about it. Excited about uh, fantasy draft, fantasy football season, real football season, whatever it is. I I hope you guys are excited too. But we appreciate you joining us. Uh, You can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Apple, which feels like the the old days of listening to podcasts. You can listen to it on Spotify or you can do it right here in the call-in app because uh, the the chat was going off tonight. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that, as always. Uh, A lot of the regulars in there and some new guys, too. But we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you all next time.